Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Welcome back. We are here, baby, with the summer heat wave. This time we are riding the wave right into Cleveland, Ohio to go to the Browns. That's right. The Baker Mayfield led Browns. Today we are hitting them. We are starting off. We are ending, excuse me, the AFC North. 32 teams in 32 days. Every single fantasy relevant player only. With Brodo Fantasy, are you going to get this? Don't forget, we do this twice a week during the regular season. Come check us out. That's part of actually three episodes a week. We also do a recap episode. And then we have a fourth episode if you join our Patreon, patreon.com slash um, uh, Brodo, Brodo Fantasy. Fantasy. Uh, duh. Uh, patreon.com slash Brodo. You get the idea. Um, an extra episode where we give you our waiver picks. I'll tell you what, guys. We're pretty good at drafting. All right, not to not to not to like brush my shoulders off. We're pretty good at drafting. We're pretty good at trades. Where we shine, where we make the dough, where we have our best is on that damn waiver wire. We are the best at the waiver wire. I, I'm I'm not even ashamed to say it. We are the best out of everyone. Out of everyone, there's people I respect in this industry. We're the best. Come check us out. Um, so to be honest, we are going to get a fair balance. I think. I think I'm the trader, Michael's a drafter, and you're the waiver guy. I'm down. It's they, fair, they, right? <laughs> it all, 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 that's it. That's all, that's all we need. Uh, let's start with the offensive outlook where we go over the head coach and the offensive coordinator and what can we, we expect from them. Uh, last year, total mess. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, uh, what had no business being a head coach, was underqualified for the position and made mistakes that came with it. Todd Modkin who came over from the Buccaneers. Everyone thought that he was going to be the savior and that Baker Mayfield was going to be great with him. Ends up not being the case because uh, him and Freddie Kitchens couldn't get on the same page. Uh, Todd Mockin was Freddie actually Kitchens, quoted as saying yo, he was an ab- The worst. Yeah, word. Uh, this year, they have another first-time head coach, head coach Kevin Stefanski. He's a former offensive coordinator for the Vikings last season. Um, the team should run the ball more. You should expect more out of the play-action game. The offensive coordinator is Alex Van Pelt. Last two seasons, he had, he was the Bengals QB coach. Previous to that, he was the Green Bay QB coach. So pretty good quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Andy Dalton, when he was better, under his wing. He has experience coaching great QBs, and he has experience coaching average QBs. Which one will Baker Mayfield be? That's the question. So let's get started with Baker Mayfield. A lot of the... of Baker Mayfield's problems last year started with an offensive line that was complete dog shit. He was sacked 40 times. Um, the Browns right now, though, may have the be- the most improved offensive line this year for several reasons. Number one, and this is probably the most important one, Bill Callahan was brought in. The best offensive line coach in the business. You guys might remember Bill Callahan from his days with Nick Mangold and DeBrickashaw Ferguson manning the Jets' offensive line in 2009-2010 and bringing that offensive line to glory. How's that um, long has, ago, huh? He, yeah, I know, right? He has coached the Dallas Cowboys' offensive line. It, so many offensive lines have have become better under his tutelage. Number two, they, they signed 
Jack Coughlin from the Titans, who was the best tight end on the market. They drafted Jarek right Willis. Tackle. It's a tight end. Did I say tight end? My bad. Yeah. A tackle on the market. That's what I meant. They drafted Jarek Willis, who was the most pro-ready tight end in the draft Wills. coming out of Jeez Alabama. Louise, Tim. <laughs> I said tight end again. You <laughs> said Willis instead of Wills. Get your Will. eyes fixed, kid. Yo, I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting down instead of standing in front of my computer. And I got to zoom in a little bit. Yo, I could see you're looking like you're squinting. Like, just make yeah. the font bigger, dude. <laughs> I, I just did. Honestly, dude, like, I know this has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. I went to acupuncture today and I can't see straight <laughs> afterwards. It's fucking crazy. I don't know why. So I can't weird. see straight. Anyway, they already had a pretty good interior line. Talk to Nick Chubb about that one. Baker's happy feet were the reason for his struggles last year. Someone we always talk about on this pod, Brett Coleman, did a whole video on why... Uh, Baker Mayfield struggled last season, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that he had happy feet in the pocket because he was just running for his life 24-7. So the question is, can Baker Mayfield turn it around? Um, I have a thought on this, but I've been talking too long already, and I'm fucking up left and right. So I'm going to kick it to one of you guys. Uh, What do you guys think about Baker Mayfield this year? I think that Baker Mayfield is an underrated QB2 slash streaming option this season. And it has a lot to do with who the Vikings offensive coordinator... Sorry, not the Vikings. Uh, You see where I'm going with this. (laughs) Who the Browns' um, new head coach is, the former Vikings offensive coordinator. So, Baker Mayfield, last season, as Tim said, struggled a lot because he was always under pressure. Not too long ago, Baker Mayfield broke the rookie touchdown record for quarterbacks. Like, let's remember who Baker Mayfield could be. Let's not give up hope on him already. They added Jack Conklin. They added Jedrick Wills. Kevin Stefanski, the run first head coach, is now in town. But there's a lot of efficiency in his offense. Kirk Cousins finished as a quarterback 13 and quarterback 12 in his two years under Kevin Stefanski. Two top 15 finishes in true throw value. So they're going to be a run first offense, but they're going to utilize the play action and they're going to make efficient throws. And Baker Mayfield is good enough to make efficient throws. And if we would compare the two offenses, what did Minnesota look like? Star running back, two star wide receivers, one on the outside, one in the slot. Let's take a look at the Browns. Star running back, OBJ on the outside, Landry on the inside. This is Diggs, Thielen, and Cook all over again for Kevin Stefanski. So I think we're going to see a lot of what we saw in... Uh, Minnesota, which would make Baker Mayfield a quarterback 10 to 15 guy. He's not going to be an every week starter, but he's going to have his weeks where he's going to be efficient and throw for like four touchdowns and be useful for fantasy. I agree with you, Jason. I I think that we could see Baker Mayfield have the best year of his career, uh, which is, you know, it's a short career, but I think um, a, a much improved, but still not be a fantasy viable quarterback. If you look at Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins threw the ball and I have the I have the the answer here to this. Kirk Cousins threw the ball 414 times last year. Uh, four, I'm sorry, 444 times last year. So it's like that's not enough to have fantasy success. But the year before that, before Gary Kubiak came around, he threw the ball 600 times. If Baker Mayfield throws the ball 600 times, then I want Baker Mayfield on my team. To that point, I think he could be a starting guy. And I think that depending on the volume he gets, and you're going to have to monitor it in the beginning of the season, Baker Mayfield could be one of those guys that starts late in drafts, and it could be like he's going to be a starter from week three on, on a fantasy team. More likely, he becomes a streamer, but I think we're looking at that. 
Um, let's go over to the running back position now. Uh, two guys that I want to talk about very much. There's no doubt Nick Chubb is the starter, and he's an excellent runner. The only question is with volume, right? I think the volume argument is being a little overrated. Let's talk about Chubb pre-week nine. 17.36 fantasy, uh, points per game, fantasy points per game. Week 10 through 16 with Kareem Hunt in town, 15.6 points per game. So his production dipped a little bit, but it wasn't because of the rushing. It was because of the passing game work. The passing game work took a hit. Um, that is where I'm nervous about Nick Chubb this year. I don't see him getting the work out of the backfield that he got in the first 10 weeks of last season. But there's no doubt that he could be a productive runner. Um, somewhere in the ilk of Derrick Henry um, is where I see Nick Chubb, someone who's going to be dominant on the ground, but not so much through the air. Uh, what do you guys think about Nick Chubb? I'm with you, Tim. Um, I just – it wasn't my – like intention to f start fading Nick Chubb, but as I do more and more mock drafts, as I look at my rankings, I'm probably going to move him down a little bit. I'm just, I'm with you, man. I think it's being a little overlooked. It's a new offense, and Kareem Hunt is there. Like, Kareem Hunt is one of the best running backs in the league. I don't think you can doubt that. He can catch the ball, he can run the ball, and he's super dynamic with the ball in his I, hands. Nick Chubb is also one of the best running exactly, backs. Exactly, the but yeah, that's what scares situation. me. We don't know what Stefanski's going to do because the only thing we've ever seen Stefanski do is use Dalvin Cook. And Chubb, Chubb might be one of the best running backs in the league, but he's not one of the best all-around backs. Receiving-wise, Kareem Hunt is certainly better than Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, that's that's on. And this isn't a Dalvin Cook-Alexander-Madison split. This is two very good guys. And Nick Chubb is super talented, but he out-yarded Derrick Henry last season. Like, is he going to do that again? Is he going to have that, like, 1,600 yards total? I just don't know. Hunt last season was eighth in targets per game for running backs. He averaged 10 touches per game. Is he going to get more? Is he going to get less? There's just a lot of questions around Nick Chubb early in the draft. I don't doubt that he's going to be a very good player. I don't know if he's going to meet ADP, though, because Kevin Stefanski's a great run-first coach. Chubb is going to run the ball. He's going to score some touchdowns. The upside's not there, though. He's not going to be a top three running back. He's going to be a top 15 running back. I will tell you this. Nick Chubb was historically inefficient inside the five last year. And I think that gives me very... It makes me stop and think before I draft Nick Chubb. Um, so far, I have not drafted Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones in any of my mocks that I've done. And I feel like that's because I just don't know if either of these guys can match the production they had last year fantasy-wise. Still good backs, still talented. I just don't know if they can match that production. For me, it's going to be hard for me taking Nick Chubb in my first pick in a draft. With no, my second pick in a draft, I, I agree. He certainly should be out of the first round. I'm a yeah. little shocked that his ADP still has him in the first round and people aren't really catching on to how good Hunt is. I mean, ADP-wise, Hunt is the superior value by far, in my opinion. So let's talk about Kareem Hunt then. Uh, came in and started producing right away, like you guys said. Played over 50% of the snaps uh, in all five games that he was in. Played over 60% of the snaps in four of his last five games. A quarter of those uh, snaps, by the way, were from the slot. And I really, really love the idea of Kareem Hunt working out of the slot a lot this year. 
He's in the receiver meetings. There's no clear-cut number three receiver with the Browns. And I think I think Kareem Hunt has a real chance of working on that slot this year like that. Um, let's extrapolate his passing catch, pass catching numbers over 16 games. He would have had 88 yard, yard, yards, 88 <laughs> targets and 74 catches. He finished as a running back two in four of the six games he played in. I don't know, man. I think he's one of the best values you can get in the sixth round right now. I love me some Kareem Hunt. I'm trying to get him on every single one of my teams. Yeah, I agree. As I've said multiple times in the past, if this is the first time you're listening, I think he could have an Austin Eckler light season this year where he could be the Austin Eckler of last season when he had to split split time with Melvin Gordon. Like Nick Chubb will be the Melvin Gordon playing the early down running back role, and then you'll have Kareem Hunt being the passing down back and working in – to the rush attempts as well. I could see over five. I could see like seven to nine rush attempts and five to seven targets a game for Kareem Hunt. And we've seen Kareem Hunt over and over not need that many touches to show that he's ridiculously talented on the field and he's going to make plays. This is a guy who led the league in broken tackles in his rookie season. Led the whole NFL in broken tackles in his rookie season with a Chiefs offense that wasn't Patrick Mahomes-led. It was Alex Smith-led, and he still killed it. He's a good ball player, that guy. So, yeah, Kareem Hunt is one of my favorites. Let's get into the wide receivers now. Let's start with Jarvis Landry because we have a lot to say about OBJ. Continues to be slept on, uh, particularly in PPR. His lowest finish in the last five seasons is wide receiver 19. That was his lowest finish. Somehow being drafted at wide receiver 31, according to Fantasy Bros right now. Why don't people like Jarvis Landry? Is it yeah. a conspiracy? Jarvis Landry is, he's like the, uh, I think him and Robert Woods are the only wide receivers to beat their ADP like four years in a row. Robert Woods is the only one to do it five years in a row or something of that sort. But dude, he's underdrafted every season. And if you're drafting Jarvis Landry at ADP, you're making a positive value pick guaranteed basically every single year so yeah i'm absolutely in on jarvis landry at his adp the guy has caught at least 80 passes every single season of his career every season 80 passes that's five receptions a game last year he set a career high with 1174 receiving yards in the huge down year for baker mayfield a career high and now now kevin stefanski's leading that offense he has supported two wide receivers plenty of times in the past with uh, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Including but, the slot receiver in Thielen. Yeah, and now he Landry was wide receiver 16 last season, wide receiver 21 in points per game, and now he's being drafted as wide receiver 31. It seems like, it seems like a broken record with Jarvis Landry. How every offseason he's just undervalued and undervalued and undervalued. And you just draft him where he's going and be happy because... You're getting a wide receiver two at a wide receiver three cost, especially in PPR leagues. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, there is something to be said, though. He is on the active peep, uh, pup list right now. No, he's off. Oh, uh, he just he's Took off, off at this point? Yeah, he's fine. Oh, okay. That he's was just fine. precautionary. All right. Well, there you go. But it is to be said that he is coming off an injury. Um, the same injury, ironically, that OBJ suffered last year. Um Outside knowledge would tell you that an improved O-line means more time for Baker, 
more time for Baker means more an improved Baker. An improved Baker means an improved OBJ. And improved donuts. Particularly because there's going to be more deep balls to go around. But you can't just blame the fall of OBJ on Baker Mayfield. We quote Matt Harmon's reception perception a lot here. That is uh, a stat that is done for the fantasy footballers. That is Matt Harmon. He studies each wide receiver, all of their routes, and their successes on those routes. Listen to this. Before This is an exact quote. Before 2019, Odell Beckham never recorded a success rate versus press coverage score below the 98th percentile in any season charted for reception perception. That's a legendary type play. No one else has ever done close. But last year, he checked in at 64%, falling below the 43rd percentile. The question is, how bad was the injury that he was playing with last year? Is this a one-year blip on the radar and he's going to be back? Or are the injuries that he's had the past few seasons finally piling up and he's slowed down a step? I think that's the question you have to ask yourself with OBJ. And if it's not that, if you're drafting him and he's the guy that he used to be, you're getting an extreme value in the third round. Yeah, uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of OBJ entering this offseason. I've slowly start to warm up on him a bit. You forget how good OBJ was uh, to start his career. OBJ and Randy Moss are the only players ever to go over 4,000 yards receiving in their first three years in the league. Ever. Randy Moss and OBJ. He got hurt in 2017, but in those four games, he put up 300 yards and three touchdowns. 2018, 1,000 yards, six touchdowns in 12 games on 77 receptions. Was on pace for over 100 receptions, 1,400 yards, and eight touchdowns. And then last year just kind of came out of nowhere. The really big down year. Like, he put up over 1,000 yards, but it was just so far beneath everything he's done in his career. He put up 74 receptions, 1,035 yards, and four touchdowns. That is well, well, well below what we have come to expect in OBJ throughout his career. He ended as a wide receiver 31 on the season, 39th in points per game. The first ever time he had less than 6.3 receptions per game. The first ever time he averaged under 75 yards per game. It was bad. It was just a basically a bad season for OBJ, and if you drafted him, you were upset with that. But, as you were saying, can he bounce back? In 2018, he was the wide receiver 12 in true target value. In 2019, he was the wide receiver 29. So he actually ended right around where true target value uh said he should with baker mayfield as his qb now they have kevin stefanski coming in who has seen adam thielen put up nearly 1400 yards and Diggs put up 1300 yards in different seasons so i mean he's currently going as wide receiver 12 so the adp is a little steep like people are buying into the obj bounce back but i understand it i don't see why the deandre hopkins resurgence year of sorts, like when Hopkins had the down year with Brock Osweiler and then just remained DeAndre Hopkins afterwards. I don't see why that can't be OBJ. Are you taking him right now in the third round? It dep- See, that's what I mean. It depends on the options because if the players I like go, like I'm going to draft Allen Robinson and DJ Moore ahead of him and Robert Woods, which is like I'm a big Robert Woods guy. So that's why I'm probably not going to end up with OBJ shares. But if all those guys are there and like the are gone and it's like the mid third or like early fourth, then I'd take a chance on OBJ. OBJ or Adam Thielen? OBJ. OBJ. Ooh. OBJ or DJ Chark? OBJ. Very close though. Hmm. Chark. 
Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Uh, I mean, no one really to speak of in the third wide receiver. In fact, we could probably talk about Kareem Hunt again because <laughs> I really think that Kareem Hunt's going to do a lot of damage out of the slot this year. Call me crazy. Um, let's go to the tight end, Austin Hooper. He was a tight end one until he got injured last season. What does that mean, tight end one? It means he was better than Travis Kelsey, better than George Kittle, better than Mark Andrews, better than Zach Ertz, better than everyone. Tight end uno. Signed a four-year, $44 million deal with $23 million guaranteed. That is starter money. He will have a big role in this offense because that's what the money dictates. The question is, how will it be? How big will it be? Currently, he's going at tight end nine. People finally came to their senses, and Hayden Hurst is not being drafted over him anymore. Um, early in the year, it was Hayden Hurst over him, which I did not did not understand whatsoever. Do you take Austin Hooper at tight end nine? Man, Austin Hooper, I've been very vocal about Austin Hooper this offseason because I just do not understand the disrespect. But this was back when he was like outside the top 12 tight ends. He was outside the top 12 for a bit, including Hayden Hurst ahead of him, like you said. He has slowly risen up again. Dude, like you said, he was a tight end one overall last season. And then guess what? He turned that into the largest tight end contract in NFL history. Like, he is now the highest-paid NFL tight end contract ever by the Browns. You don't just give someone the most money for a position ever to not use him. Kevin Stefanski is now there. We've we've already said multiple times how he likes to use his tight end and the and a couple of receivers. Under Kevin, under Kevin Stefanski, in 2016, Kyle Rudolph was tight end 5. In 2017, he was tight end 7. In 2018, he was tight end 7. In 2019, last year, and we all know Kyle Rudolph was is toast at this point, and Irv Smith is getting work, he was still tight end 14. Like, why would you not draft Austin Hooper at ADP? Especially and Baker Mayfield, like, in his career, has thrown 35% of his touchdowns to tight ends. There you go. Ooh. People, people are saying two things to this. Number one, is David Njoku still going to get on the field? I don't see a world where David Njoku takes takes snaps away from Austin Hooper, meaningful snaps away and from Austin Hooper. Dude, we saw, we've seen the Vikings, we've seen Kevin Stefanski use two tight end sets all the time with a clear alpha tight end. Like, who cares if David Njoku's on the field too? They just made Hooper the highest paid tight end ever, and Njoku has really done nothing ex- except show that he's athletic ever since he's been in the league. And the other argument is usually, but he's not going to be like one of the main targets in the offense. Unless you're talking about Zach Ertz, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, or Travis Kelsey, you're talking about a tight end who's at best fourth option in their offense. So that's how it goes. That's what you're doing. That's, that's the NFL. That's life. That's fantasy. Austin Hooper. If Austin Hooper is the fourth option in this offense, give me that. I want that because who else? Besides the big four that you're going to have to pay a third-round pick or better, maybe a fourth-round pick for Zach Ertz, a fourth-round pick or better for these guys, if this is everyone else is going to be the fourth option or worse on their team. You know who might be I, the third? Tyler Higby. hey Um, We'll talk about Tyler Higby in an upcoming episode. He will be the third. Um, if not the with second. That, oh. With that being said... One injury away, I think this one is obvious. I think Kareem Hunt becomes a superstar if Nick Chubb gets injured. 
if Nick Chubb got hurt tomorrow, Kareem Hunt would be Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. Do I take Barkley or Kareem Hunt? In nah. It's Absolutely. Like that. What are you talking I think about, Tim? Dude, if there was only one, yeah, yes. Yeah. I think it would be. I no, think because Hunt be, catches passes. Like Hunt. I don't know. I would, I would put Hunt at RB five behind Kamara. Maybe I take Hunt Kamara. over Kamara. Only Hunt. I draft higher than only Chubb. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. But even only Chubb would be like, like the eighth pick overall. No, Hunt would be third. I mean, Damian Williams opted out, and I moved Clyde edwards hilaire to fifth. So you would take him. Hold on. You first of all, wow. Second of <laughs> all, um, second of all. You would take him over Zeke? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Yes? Just over, for upside. Yeah, for over upside. Over Saquon and Zeke? For upside, yeah. For upside? Not. Over, I didn't say Saquon. I said Zeke. Michael said Saquon. I said I'd have to... I'd consider moving him up to second overall, yes. Oh, boy. You guys are... Uh, you guys are over there drinking the juice. I like it. Um, if you want to see our takes and drinking more juice... Uh, Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. Jason? At Brodo FF Jason. You can find me at Brodo the FF Tim. See what we did there? Skit. You can find us all at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter skit, and skit. Instagram. Check out Twitter and Instagram because I've been working hard on some videos and I want you to see them. True that. Right? True that. Um, also, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy uh, to get into our Brodo Listener Leagues. The time is coming. We are going to start making these leagues and making drafts. So get on it. We're running out of time here, people. Uh, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy and BrotoFantasy.com, where we have many articles hitting the wave as well. Um, really good new writers. Uh, our our guy Casanova is in the writing game now, and he wrote a couple of great articles. Uh, Nick, um, Nick just had his first uh, article Nick. released. He has his own fantasy podcast, and he is currently writing articles for us. So check out these articles. They are fantastic. And, uh, yeah, BrotoFantasy.com is where you can check that out. We are a fully functioning fantasy company out here, people. Yeah. Incorporated, my dogs. Yeah. Speaking of incorporated, um, we are coming to you tomorrow with a whole new division with – a Speaking of is, incorporated, that, a whole new division. I don't get listen it. to this. With a team that's not incorporated, but owned by the people. And that is the Green Bay Packers. That's right. If you didn't ah. know that, the Green Bay Packers okay. is actually owned by the people. I'm sure they're incorporated anyway, but yeah. owned by the people of Wisconsin, which is pretty cool. Decent so we're gonna get there. to the we're gonna get to the Packers. Thanks. Um tomorrow. See you then. Peace. Later. Later.